This is the Misdirected Mark Podcast, a podcast about gaming, game mastering, and entertaining you, our listeners. We are explicit, you have been warned, and I'd like to thank Mike Willard for letting us use his music on our show. Now let's pick up those mics and get on with this thing. hoo All right, now that we've got the crawler moving again, we should head toward the ruins of the market near the old college. Maybe you can find some parts to scavenge there. Sure, I guess. Uh, I wasn't very enthusiastic. I thought that's what we made it for. Sort of. I don't know. I certainly have that much love for this character. They haven't really accomplished much, and the perks I chose just aren't that useful. Plus, I think I muffed that encounter with the Timmies. Do you Do you guys want to play like a different game or something? I mean, yeah, if this isn't fun anymore, we just finished the mission, so we can just switch out to something else. No, no, no. I like the game. I like the setting. I like Bob's character. It's just my character I don't like all that much. Oh, well, I mean, if that's the case, like, I think we can totally do something about that. Well, excellent, then. Because with that, welcome to the 461st episode of the Mr. Mark podcast. Tonight, we discuss dealing with your characters you don't like in your tabletop role-playing games. Along the way, we'll take your comments, examples, and suggestions live from the chat room for life on Twitch before jumping into the after show. But first, my name is Jerry. My name is Phil. And I am Old Man Logan. Welcome back to the show. And let's jump in with our temperature check. See how everybody's doing. Phil, how are you feeling? I am physically, I I feel fine. Um, Other than I think I really need to um, engage in some level of um, stretching or moving around. Like I'm starting to, I'm starting to realize I'm, I'm, I don't know. I need to just, I need to be a little more bendy, I think. Um, you know, it's winter. I'm not out riding my bike or anything. I'm just home and I'm basically like in my work chair, on the couch, like that kind of thing. Like, I think I need to do something to kind of limber up a little. So, uh, but otherwise I'm feeling fine physically. Mentally, um, I think I'm okay. I had a really, um, we could possibly talk about it in the after show, but I had like a really good, um, I had a really good therapy session last week that really got me thinking about stuff and um i just feel like a little more i'm feeling a little more positive about role-playing stuff and and things like that so um yeah i think like i think i'm on an uptrend mentally and i'm flat physically just need to like do a little i think i gotta just work in some stretching i'll feel even better there um what about you bob how about you yeah so um mentally i'm feeling pretty good um Physically, I got some sinus shenanigans going on because it is dry in my condo. Oh, it's I, I dry everywhere, man. Fire. Yeah, but it's like it's dry in here and it's messing me up. Something fierce. So I'm dealing with but that. Do, it's, it's unpleasant. <laughs> do you have a, but, a uh, humidifier? I do not. On I your, need to get on, one. That's my On your force there? Okay. Yeah. But that uh, that's that's pretty much my story right now. Sinus, sinus ick. So, Jerry, how about you? Pretty good. I, w- I was up and down all weekend. I was I was in good place. I was in bad place. I was just feeling up. I was down. Uh, I really enjoyed the the game and and the football game. Uh, yesterday I was kind of burnt out a little bit, and then I watched a good movie last night, and now I'm feeling good again. So it's been a little chaotic. Some other stuff around here is getting a little zany, as we talked about earlier. But uh, other than that, it's going good. So I'm um, I'm back in a good place, and uh, had myself some tetons for lunch or dinner. So uh, I'm full of basil fried rice. So I'm feeling good. So. Let's get on with this thing. Cool. I'm going to jump into announcements, which is like, hey, don't we normally do one thing? But that's what our announcement is about tonight. Um, So as we um, often do and haven't done in a little while here on the Mr. Mark, 
um, we're making a few little touch-ups to the show to reorganize it. Um, in essence, we are tightening up the show. Um, we're going to try to tighten it up um, timeline-wise in terms of how long each show is. We'll see how that turns out. No guarantees on that. Um, we're also tightening up the format of the show a bit um, for two reasons. One, um, we spend a lot of time recording this, and I spend almost an equal amount of time prepping the show each week, which is not a it is a non trivial amount of time out of my week spent um, working on this. Um, and it's been sprawling. Shows have been getting longer. Notes have been getting longer. Like everything's been getting longer. So I, I'm pruning it back. Um, so here are the couple things that we're doing to kind of tighten it up. No more one thing at the top of the show. We'll do the temperature check. I still think it's important for us to um, normalize talking about how we feel, yep. you know, emotions, moods, things like that, as well as, you know, just keeping track of each other physically because, you know, we are still in a pandemic. So we're keeping the temperature check. Um, We're going to, in the main segments, especially things like the workshop, we're going to shorten up the first part before the break, which is kind of the lecture segment. Um, I'm going to tighten that up a bit uh, just to be a little shorter um, so that we still get out the good information, but we may not dive as deep into every one of those topics. And then We'll take some of that information that I would have normally put into the lecture part. We'll put it after the break in the roundtable segment. And I think that'll kind of balance it out, but plus shorten up the um, main segment a bit. And then when we get to the community corner, um, we're going to bring back one thing. We'll each talk about one cool geeky thing that we did during the week. And then we're just going to list out the other things we did. No extra embellishments. Um, I think that will actually speed up the um the community corner as well. And then if we have anything that we are going to talk about more um, or get rambling on, we're going to toss those into the after show patrons. will get to hear those rambles. Um, If you're not a patron and something turns out to be really cool, it'll probably just wind up being a show. So if we, you know, we wind up talking about something and it gets like super sidebar-y, I probably will pull it and make it a show topic at some point. Um, But that's our plan. Plan is to tighten this whole thing up. So we'll go temperature check announcements right into the feature segment. Which brings us to the feature segment. That's right. Well-oiled machine here. Let's go. All right, right. Phil. Here's your... Oh, jeez. I hadn't even thought about this. All right. Are we ready? Yeah. Oh, it's going. Workshop! Workshop! I don't like my character. I want to play this game, but I hate this character. I built it wrong. I used the wrong stuff. The game doesn't work the way I thought it was. Oh, my God. I don't like this character anymore. I just want to stop playing it. Please show me how to deal with it here in the workshop. Yeah, and don't suck. I didn't even, I didn't miss the cue. Sorry. (laughs) It's all right. Uh, Uh, We changed things up so there'll be some bumps in the road. All right. That's all right. So um, I tossed this idea out two weeks ago and we talked about it and thought it was a good one to cover as it is something that can happen to any player regardless of their experience. Um, For a number of different reasons, nearly any time in a campaign, sometimes you just don't like your character. And so tonight we're going to talk about what you can do as a player and as a GM when a player doesn't like their character. And to get started with that, let me cue Phil so that he knows uh, to give us what terms we want to define tonight. Behold, you are in the presence of Definition Panda. I got three terms for tonight. Um, First one, obviously, player character, right? This is the character controlled by one of the players in the game. It is your interface to the game, right? This is how you, the player interacts with the game is through your character. Um, Often, 
and I say I, I put an asterisk on this because I'm sure you know like this hmm. doesn't this excludes things like troop style and stuff like that. But often um, your character is your only interface as a player to the game, right? And so it is um, it is your primary way for you to have an emo- emotional investment in the game, right? The character is your proxy, um, and in, like, like I said, unless you're playing a game with troop style, you have one character there are of course some games that do that differently and there's people who structure their campaigns differently but i would say a good a good 90 percent follow that um follow that one character one player thing all right next thing is continuity defined as the unbroken and consistent existence or operation of something over a period of time uh in rpgs continuity is about having a story where past details are facts and that they carry forward into the present portion of the game, right? So for example, Bob's character is an outlaw on the planet Vestra for something they did years ago. The next time Bob visits Vestra, law enforcement should act like he was an outlaw or there needs to be a reasonable explanation for why they don't, right? Like if if, if Bob just shows up on Vestra and we're just like, uh, yeah, it's cool. Like you walk around, whatever. Mm-hmm. Bob's like, well, I, I don't understand. Like in the past, I did this stuff and I'm supposed to be an outlaw here. Why am I not an outlaw? Right? That's a breakdown in continuity. Yeah. All right. The other, next one is retcon um, in a film, television series, or other fictional work. We're going to go with tabletop RPG as other fictional work. A piece of new information that imposes a different interpretation on previously described events typically used to facilitate a dramatic plot shift or account for inconsistency, right? In role-playing games, um, this is uh, this is a thing where GM, often a GM, could be a player depending on who has narrative control, but let's just often the GM edits past events to uh, reinterpret a situation, right? So for example, let's say that um, in our talk tonight about not liking your character, after a few plays, Bob's like, Bob's like, I don't really want my character to be an outlaw. Like, I don't want to be a bad guy. Right. So Jerry, who's GMing, right. Um, Bob talks to Jerry and Jerry's like, we can fix this. Right. I, I like we can retcon where we can retcon it so that you were with a friend and that friend framed you. Right. The people on Vestra think you're an outlaw, but you're not actually really an outlaw just because you are a bad guy does not make you a bad guy no um so anyway has a friend who frames them and then this way your character is never a bad guy we just reveal this extra piece of information and we retconned it right like that wasn't always what happened we just fix it so that like we um retroactively make you know establish continuity that's actually what retcon stands for retroactive continuity um so we can make those little fixes um into stories to kind of change things without like doing large overhauls and we see this like all the time right comic books are um comic books are sick with this right like they just retcon you know stuff all over the place to the point where it's become its own trope right when someone falls off a cliff and no bodies found you're like don't worry they're not dead yeah Yeah. it seems obvious from the description but jerry what are some of the problems when you dislike your character I was alluded to a few minutes ago. Your character is your main interface to the game you're playing. So if you don't like the character you're playing, it's going to hinder your ability to enjoy the game. And when this happens, it's going to lead to a number of things. 
Um, it could lead to lack of any emotional investment. Uh, it could definitely lead to just decreased enjoyment of the game. And it can also lead you to become detached from the game. All of which leads you to just not want to play the game. Um, and depending on how your group is arranged, that could cause the whole game to collapse. So it's important that as a player, you like who your character is and you enjoy playing that character in the game. And that's the key. You have to enjoy playing that character. So, yeah, I'll just, I'll just asterisk really quick. That doesn't mean that your character has to be a good guy, a nice guy, anything like that. Your character could be a raging jerk. Mm-hmm. I'm going to preface this carefully. Your character could be a raging jerk as long as it is not endangering the safety or enjoyment of other people at the table. Correct. And as long as you like the character, it's okay. Like I have played some characters that have not been good people um, that did not jeopardize safety, consent, um, or the enjoyment of anyone else at the table. But like they were clearly characters that were like, this person is not a good person, right? And it, but I enjoyed playing them for whatever game that was in the context of that game. Exactly. So I think when we make characters, by default, we want to like them. We're making them in order to enjoy the game. So how do you wind up not liking your own character, Phil? Yeah. I surprisingly, I have a lot of experience at this as a GM um, because uh, we had a player in our past who very much. would go through a cycle of not liking their characters after we were playing. So a lot of this is based on the analysis of, uh, of that. So yeah, for sure. Everyone starts by making a character they like, um, but that was session zero. And what did you know in session zero, especially if you've never played the game before, right? Like, what do you know? You like half read a rule book, heard some people talking and made some choices, but when the game starts, right, that's where the rubber meets the road. Right. Like that's like when you start rolling dice and like doing stuff as your character is when you discover how that worked out. Right. So there are um, there are a number of reasons you might not like your character. Um, We're going to just bundle them up into a few higher level chunks that I think um, I think will make sense. So, Jerry, do you want to do you want to tell us about the first like what's the first way? um, One could just be your abilities, your powers, your feats, whatever your character can do. Um, you may discover that the way you made your character has resulted in them not meeting your expectations when you designed them. It's possible you selected something out of a combination of things to produce a certain effect in the game, but through play, it turns out that's not how the game works. It could be a minor thing that, like this that you don't like one ability you have, or it could be something like this whole character concept doesn't work. Uh, for example, you build a fire mage, you expect that they're going to be able to do tons of damage, but when you get the character to the table, it turns out you only have enough spell points to do one big fire per day and not much else. Um, I had this problem in the in a and uh, d campaign where I picked a sorcerer. Sorcerers are really cool up until you get to like level eight or nine, and if you pick the wrong combination, they can't they don't do a lot after that. And I was having trouble figuring out what to do with my character, and I was literally taking different character classes every other level, and just it doesn't work sometimes. And that's just a mechanical thing. It wasn't a fault with the game, and it wasn't a fault with me. It just was a bad build. Phil? Yeah, which actually um, dovetails into uh, mine under the um, mechanical, um, under the similar mechanical umbrella. Mm -hmm. Um, Mine is about advancement, right? Um, You might be just fine with your character when you initially build him. You might even be fine after the first few adventures, but you may become unhappy when you start to advance your character. Now, again, I'm assuming a game with like leveled advancement or, you know, points advancements, um, additional moves, like all of those things, right? But um, you may be unhappy once you start to advance. Like, um, and this has again, a lot to do with expectations versus reality. 
like when you started making your character you were like okay cool look i'm gonna get through some like some rough low level play i'm gonna be kind of sucky for a while and at mid-level i'm gonna like come into like i'm gonna pick up these like feats and things are going to be really cool and i'm going to be like this kick-ass character i'll just i'll get through levels one through three and then it's going to be you know fun it's gonna be way more fun after that and then you get to level three only to discover that yes you got those things that you were expecting but then also the game changed because you crossed some tier or something um and now you're not actually any better than you were before you just like have you know more powers but the power curve reset kind of thing um whatever it is you're just like after you've advanced for a bit you're like i don't like where this character is going mechanically yeah Jer. next week you might not like your character so you have to come to dislike their personality it could be that you had a concept for an uptight professor during character generation but in play you find being uptight and stodgy uh, and to be boring and it runs counter to uh your natural sarcastic personality i definitely wrote that line I guess, yes, yes. Uh, I, I would, I would, I would put it. Sometimes it's just you. As the game developed, you came up with things, and by the time we got mid-game, the character personality has changed. So, yeah. Um. I well, that's actually going to dovetail into mine, which is. Um. Lastly, you may dislike your character because of the actions they've taken. Mm-hmm. Right through play, you may have said or done some things in the game that, upon reflection, uh, you regret or caused parts of the story to close off. Um, perhaps in the heat of anger, you destroyed a laboratory and in doing so you lost a precious clue in a subplot. And like, now you got to start over finding those clues and like restarting that subplot. And you're just like, Oh, like what I, Oh, I just like this character sucks. Like I just, I'm ruining everything. So, okay. So you can wind up disliking your character at any point in a campaign. Um, you can also dislike your character at any point in a one shot, but it's a one shot. So I, most of the advice we're going to give for the rest of this segment um, is really about campaigns. Cause you have to like live with this character, you know, one shot, you got to just get through the next couple of hours. And um, in most cases, either you can use some of this on a micro level or just get to the end of the game or hell just pack up and leave if you really need to. But anyway, Phil, Phil, this, this is our podcast network in a one shot. What is it? Come on, quote the queen. In just a ride like you shot. stole it, man. Just you in know, a one shot. It's, it's temporary. temporary. Thank you. There yes. we go. It's temporary. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, if you so back <laughs> to campaigns, right? You may wind up like disliking your character at any point in a campaign, but certain things you will dislike about your character are more common depending on where you are in the overall campaign. Yep. If you're in the early campaign, um, this is often when mechanical problems first show up. Uh, maybe you took your character from concept to reality. And some of those expectations just aren't being met. Um, Also, you may dislike your personality early on once you start playing the character. You had a good idea for a concept, and as it encounters the actual game, you're not liking the way that that, uh, personality goes. You know what? i got to flag something really quick. Um, Yes, by all means. Just one other thing that you may dislike is um, your direction and goals for your character. I didn't oh actually, yes, I didn't actually, I didn't actually note this, but I was just oh, looking nice. at something Senda said in the in the chat. Um, so you may just like after you've been playing for a while, be like, I don't know what to do with this character. Like mechanically, they're fine. I didn't really mess up any actions. Their personality's fine at the table, but I don't know what to do with them. I don't know what like what what their end game is or what their goal is, or I'm not interested in whatever their goal is. Like that kind of thing. All right. So sorry. I just wanted to throw that out there because it's definitely a, another reason. And it'll come up later as we talk about the next um, two. Yeah. Actually, I'll talk about the next one right now, which is mid-campaign. 
right? So mid-campaign, you've now been playing for a little while. Um, this is definitely the spot where character pro- with problems with character advancement are going to show up. You've advanced a few levels. You're about to discover some things, especially as you change that first power tier, right? A lot of games have kind of a like a level where kind of the game starts to change over. Um, you, by this point, have played enough that you could have some unlikable actions, right? There's some things you may have done now that you're not too happy with. Um, and you may still have personality issues, but you've played for a bunch of sessions. Like, so probably you discovered those earlier than later. And mid-campaign may be where you first start to realize that you're disliking the direction or goals for your character. Now, you get late campaign, this is when most of your unlikable actions are going to be around. There's so many things you've done by this point. Um, it's also possible you still have advancement issues as late in the campaign. It's off, this is often characterized by a final tier of power that you're not getting or not getting to. Um, and you can also have situations where this is where personality traits that have been developing and maybe campaign goals aren't being met. And yeah. so you're not, you're not being satisfied by that sort of thing. Yeah. And I mean, you know, especially late game, you're, you know, late game, you're heading into the, um, we're heading towards the end of the campaign and, um, you know, you've got a couple more things you're going to do with your character and, you know, maybe you're kind of stuck. Maybe you don't like, you know, oh, I don't like, you know, how his end game is going to play out or like, I don't, you know, that kind of thing. Like you're winding down, right. You want to put, you know, you want to get ready for your denouement, so to speak. So Jerry, if we do wind up disliking something about our character, what can we, that being the player and the GM, what can we do about it? <clears throat> okay, well, there's a lot of different ways to fix these issues, and the exact solution is going to be specific to your game. But there are some categories of things you can do based on the type of problem. Um, so the first one we'll talk about are mechanics. Yeah, so if your problem lies in abilities, powers, feats, etc., um, here's where you can change out abilities. Right. Like you can just be like, okay, this thing isn't working. I, you know, can I change it out for something else? Um, You can create house rules around things to make them work more the way you wanted. Like, hey, I thought this, you know, I thought this power was going to do this. And the GM's like, yeah, I I feel you. It should do it that way. So, like, let's just make a house rule that this is how it works. You could do that. Um, Or like the GM could give you a device or other item that helps you do the thing that you want to do based on everything that you've already done with your character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, let's say that, um, oh, let's say that um, you're playing a fantasy game, you have no cleric, um, and you're like, cool, I'm going to take a bunch, I'm going to take first aid, um, because that will then help everyone. And then you get to playing only to realize, like, first aid doesn't really restore too many, like, you know, life points. Um, and now no one's getting really healed. And you're like, oh, I made this whole character with first aid, like, you know, to be the replacement healer. It's not working. This is where the GM can come in and be like, cool, house rule. Let's make first aid heal more damage. Or, hey, in the next adventure, you're going to find like the gloves of healing um, where you can lay hands and actually heal people um, magically kind of thing. And, you know, would that work for you being the like non-clerical healer? Right. Like those are things that you and your GM can work out when your abilities and powers don't work. And I'll just note really quick. One of my favorite things about fourth edition D&D was that when you leveled up, you could just change out powers. I think it was like you could change out like one per level. But that was like my favorite thing about character advancement in fourth edition, because you'd play like a, like we'd play like a module and I'd be like, oh, this daily did not get any like this daily either did not work when I went to use it. Or 
Um, it just doesn't do like it, it isn't working the way I thought it was. Cool. I just leveled up. Bye bye daily. Introduce like I'll pick another daily from my list. That, it was, it was a, a sweet, benefit. it was a sweet, uh, it was a sweet rule built right into the rule book. One of which that I am like actually fine with in other game house ruling into other games as well. Oh yeah. That, that's always good. I've always been a big fan of the, uh, of the, dev- of the item or device. Sometimes you have somebody who's playing and they just find out that they built a character around X or Y. And this one other thing that the characters look like you've got a character who's, who's all about being the interpersonal character, but, you have some combat in your game, and every time they get in the combat, they don't get to do anything. You can give them something simple like, you know, a magic sword or a ring, or give them something to do, and all of a sudden they get to feel useful in that one little part that they seem to be lacking on, mm-hmm. without having to completely retcon their character. Yeah. Um, I think before we go further, I think the big thing with all of these is going to be, if you're having trouble with your character, communicate that to your GM and your party and talk to them, because a lot of times communication can help everybody come to a solution that everybody's happy with. So before we go any further, just always talk to somebody about this. If you got the situation, I'm going to tack one more thing onto it. If you're a GM or a fellow player, Mm -hmm. um, yes, like everything Jerry said is correct. You should be communicating with your group. A lot of times people don't, or sometimes people aren't even fully aware of it. The thing that you want to look for, the thing I look for as a GM um, is um, when someone doesn't like their character, besides the things that we said earlier about like detachment, lack of emotional investment or whatever, um, passive aggressive talking about your character is often a yeah. sign you don't like your character, yeah. right? So you might just be like, well, guess I'm not hitting anything this combat, mm-hmm. right? That may oh, be yeah. what the interpersonal character says, right? They say it like kind of sarcastically at the table or half under their breath. That is usually the prompt, if you are a GM or a fellow player to be like, Hey, like, are you not enjoying like your character? Like, and like, just like, so if the player doesn't come out and say it, you can just open the door to that by like, just keeping an ear out that passive aggressive talk um, about it is often a clue that they're upset about something about their character. That's excellent because sometimes they don't feel comfortable saying something because I've, I've met players who just, they feel that, complaining about their character and actually saying out loud, I don't like this is drawing attention away from the other players, but if the other players go, Hey, it sounds like you're not enjoying your character. What can we do now? That's the other player saying, Hey, talk to us about this. We want to, we want this to be fun for everybody. Yeah. And generally good players don't care if somebody gets, a, you know, uh, a boon or something, you know, oh, you, well, you know, we're going to give you this one little thing. The rest of the party isn't going to be, oh, well, gee, how come you gave him that? And nobody else. They're going to be great. Now you're having fun. We're all going to have more fun together. That's what we want. Exactly. Uh, cool. Let's jump. Let's jump back into topic. Um, tell me about, right. tell me about when um, there's problems in advancement. All right. Similar with issues with abilities, you may just need to change a class, change a choice, change something else. Um, sometimes you might want to introduce a third party product. That is what you want. Um, a lot of the third edition prestige classes were like this. Um, or you might want a house rule or just homebrew a solution as you come through. Um, hey, this isn't working the way I want. What if it works like this instead? You know, would that be game breaking or would that upset your campaign? Um, you know, what if I, you know, just my advancement isn't going the way I want. Can I just decide that, uh, good example, wizards in some of the, some of the three, uh, 3.5 in that got a bunch of wizard prestige feats. Some players like me never used them. Hey, can I swap out these wizard prestige feats for some other feats? You know, sure, go yeah. ahead. I don't, you know, I don't care. You don't, you don't want to have empowered fireball. 
go ahead and take, you know, read another language or something, go for it. That kind of thing. Make some suggestions, house brew, whole brew. Just when you get the advancement, talk to people about it. It works. Mm-hmm. What about personality? Yeah, personality is like a thing that um, you, the player, can actually change on your own, right? You can just decide, like, oh, this personality isn't working. I, I really want to change it to be something else. Um, if you are worried about continuity, you can make gradual changes to your personality, right? So, like, if you're the stodgy professor and you want to be, like, more wisecracking and stuff, um, you can start to introduce um, your own storylines, your own prompts about, like, loosening up, right? About, like, oh, I've always been, you know, like, my parents, like, were always so, you know, manipulative or whatever, like, always pushing me, pushing me, pushing me. Like, I made me, like, you know, really super uptight. I just want to, like, let loose and then, like, find the fun, the fun player who's, like, cool, let's go drinking at the space pub. Like, let's, you know, let's get you, you know, like, let's get you, you know, loosened up kind of thing, right? Like, we see this, like, we see this in media all the time where characters undergo these personality changes without breaking any continuity whatsoever, right? So um, you can totally do that. You also don't have to worry about continuity. If continuity is not a big deal, just show up to the next game and just be like, yeah, like I'm not as uptight anymore, like, and just get rolling. Like you totally can do that as well. Within a session or two, no one's going to remember anyway. Um, People aren't going to be like, you ruined the game because you were first stodgy. And then in the third time we played, you were funny. Like that's not what, that's not what's going to ruin the game, Todd. Like the game will be fine. Um, but again, if you're worried about continuity, you can kind of work this into like a little arc. All right, Jared, actions. What happens if you hate your actions? Well, this week's a little more tricky because they start to mess with actual continuity. So you can talk to your GM and talk about retconning something or just change the interpretation of what happened. You can also make a subplot to try to rectify, repair, or redeem some of those past actions. Do something that changes what happened. Um, and that ends up being uh, something that simply has to be worked into the game. Um, it's one of the more difficult parts to put in, but uh, if you talk to your GM and the other players, they might be all for on board with changing things. So go yeah. for it. Uh, I'll also add, because we talked about it earlier, if you're not liking your um, character goals, like, or where, you know, like your goals or endpoint or whatever, where you're going, um, that's a really good one to have a talk with the group and the GM, because uh, especially the GM, because if you want to start changing your character goals, um, the GM is the person who's going to help make those story elements appear. So, you know, if Bob comes to me and is like, hey, I'm really thinking about a different direction for my character. Um, I really want to go, you know, from bloodthirsty warrior to like community leader. I could be like, cool. I can start working like that's material. I can start working into um, future games to allow that transition to happen. And more importantly, you may have already written in their previous goals and and yes. as part of the story. And if they want to change those out, now you got to shift those. So yeah, I might need to let, I I might need to prune a vine, right? Just snip that vine, let that one die. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, absolutely. So if you, if you do need to fix that stuff, that one's really important to talk to your GM about. And they, and they can seriously help you with that. Um, I, I love when, like, there's nothing I like more as a GM than a player coming to me with a goal in mind for their character that I can help them get towards. Even if it's not like I never prescribe goals for my characters, but in case I did, I would happily toss it away. If a character came to me and was like, this is where I would like to go with my character. I want to get you there, right? Like I want to get you there with your character. I I just need to know where you want to go. Like the getting there, that's the part I'm really good at, right? I'm the GM. I'll make you, I'll make you a story like that kind of thing. All right, cool. The, 
All right. So the ultimate, the ultimate fix, right? We talked about ways that you could kind of fix what your character was doing and, um, you know, and then like kind of um, get back on track to liking your character. But there is one more fix, right? Which is simply to just stop playing that character and switch characters, right? It is the terminal fix for the character, but you may just stop playing the character, switch and play another character. Um, This solves just about every issue above. Um, as in it wipes the slate clean. Um, it can be fairly disruptive. Um, it will create a change to the dynamic of the characters in the group and the players in the group, right? The, you will have to, um, you will have to find a new equilibrium when, you know, that character drops out, it creates a vacuum. And it's not likely if you dislike that character that you built the same character to replace it. Um, you will now have to account for that. And um, and your group will re-equilibrate. Um, you may have to make some changes, but you'll get back there. Um, the biggest risk is if the GM has hung plot elements, like Bob said earlier, hung critical plot elements onto your character. Um, and now you get rid of that character. Mm, there's some things you got to fix um, to kind of keep continuity or to keep the storyline going, right? This is um, This is why I almost always tell people do not ever make the chosen one make the chosen ones yep right the group is the chosen one not a player in the group um one it's just more fun for the group but two it it handles this shock much better if the chosen ones are the party and one player subs out for a new character not a big deal it must have been fate that this person arrived is also the chosen ones yep. and you're good to go. So yeah, that's a, oof, that's a, mm. <laughs> just, you'll only make that chosen one mistake once. Like if you've pulled it off, you'll do it again. But if you've made that mistake and something's happened to that character or player, you will never do it again. Okay, cool. The real challenge for all of these fixes really comes down to how important continuity is for your game. This is a group answer, not an individual answer. If continuity is not that important to your group, almost every issue we're talking about here um, can be fixed really quick with a retcon, a GM fiat, or some other device, and life goes on, right? If Bob's superhero doesn't like his light shoot lightning ability and changes it for shoot ice ability, if we're worried about continuity, I got to come up with a story reason for why Bob's ice power is now frost power. But if we don't care about continuity, we're like, yeah, whatever. Those first couple of issues are real wonky. The writers were all over the place. But this is like this Bob is like this. This hero is like the direction we're going in. And then we're fine. Right. So if continuity is a big deal to your group and it can be and it's not bad if it is. It's just it's a preference for how you like your stories. If continuity is a big deal, then any one of the changes we're talking about above, you need to just be a little careful for how you do your retcons, a little careful to make sure you maintain continuity as you make those changes. If continuity is not a big deal for your group, make some changes and just, just keep going forward because that's all that matters is going forward. Um, yep. and, and, and you'll have a good time. There you go. All right. So that's our initial look at why you might not like your character. So we're going to quickly go into uh, the second part of the show, but first we're going to take a quick break and then resume our discussion at the round table. So Bob, tell us about another show on the Mr. Tomark Network. So we have a show, uh, our newest show, as a matter of fact, They're a Super Geek, uh, which is an actual play one-shot live stream 
created by three BIMPOC players to highlight the voices of marginalized folks in the tabletop role-playing game scene. They feature gender-marginalized GMs and a diverse rotating cast of players. Tune in every other Thursday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Time on the Misdirected Mark Twitch channel. All right. Um, so, good yeah, stuff. Good, good stuff yeah. so far. Do we have anything in the chat room? Yeah. Uh, Queen Senda um, had a couple of, of good comments. Um, the, um, the, the goals and, 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 uh, and, and, uh, goals and dreams or whatever. I forget the exact wording of how we put that one, uh, has happened to her quite a bit. Um, that maybe the, you just don't know what to do with the character all of a sudden you, or you fell into a role that you didn't expect or plan for them to be in. And then you're like, okay, now what do I do? So that's, you know, it, it's actually probably a fairly common thing. To, to end up not knowing what you want to do with this person, with this character's goals. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I am. Um, I, I, so I, I often, when I'm playing, I try not to. So this is me, right? I try not yeah. to early on in the game, think about my character goals because I, I, I don't want to make a character from get go, like from session zero, where I'm like, this is my plan for the character from start to finish. We haven't even played the game yet, but I already know what I want to do to finish this game. Instead, I kind of like go loose for a while and then I kind of latch on to something that happens in the game. Like, I guess my best example for that is um, when we were playing Dungeon World years ago, I didn't really have a plan for my barbarian, right? Like, I just I figured I was going to get him killed, right? Like, I played yeah. him like I was going to get him <laughs> killed. And for a while, I like, was pretty sure that's how he was going to get just he was just going to go out doing something, you know, heroic slash stupid. Um, and that would be fine. And then I decided one day that I would fall in love with the queen of Horfrost and woe. And um, that's when I decided, I'm like, Oh, I've decided to plant a flag and now decide this is what I'm now going to do with my character. Yep. Um, which was good. But you know, I also had to, like I said, I signaled that to Chris and was like, I want to go down this path story wise. Um, until then I had kind of just stayed flexible and kind of like um, avoided the issue, so to yep. speak. Like I, but I get it. Like sometimes, you know, like maybe like, I don't know, maybe Chris didn't have room for that in his story. And maybe I would have just been like, oh, maybe this isn't the way to go. Like, you know, and had to go find another, you know, another thing to do. Yeah. You know, and this might be a, this might be a topic we need to talk about as a whole show. But we always talk about the players grabbing onto that hook, grab, grab that bait, grab that hook. I think GMs sometimes need to do the flip side of that. When a player tosses out a good idea or something that they tell you this is what they want to do. Grab onto that and run with it too, unless it's unless it's going to break your campaign. Because um, I've seen that I, I just talked about it in the in the chat room, but that's that kind of thing I've seen happen in games where the players toss out ideas like this is what I want my character to do, and over forty sessions it never it never comes up again. And yeah. uh, that so I think as GMs we have to remember to also do the same thing. So that makes sense. Yeah. And you had a good one that Chris just jumped with. I mean, we've heard <laughs> we've heard interesting tales about that campaign. Yeah. Yeah. The campaign was, that campaign was, a, I mean, that campaign was a lot of fun and mm -hmm. um, it, you know, was a, a very interesting combination of stuff that Chris wanted to do in the game mm -hmm. mixed with us, you know, interjecting like, well, I also want to do this. Yeah. Like, yeah. can we fit both of these into a game? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the beauty the the synergy between players and GM when you, when you're all on the same page, the GM's taking the player, the player uh, love letters and the players are taking the GM hooks and everybody's working towards the same goal. So uh, it's, that's good stuff. Um, 
Senda also uh, has been in a not great game in which uh, she kept saying she's not having fun. Can we talk about fixing my character? And GM never did anything. It's like, don't be that GM. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, she came right out and said it. Like, there was no hinting or, like, passive aggressive. It was, I don't like this person. (laughs) Can we fix it? And it's like, eh. Like, no, don't work with them. Work with the people at your table. I mean. Yeah. At any point, if you are a GM and think that your vision of of the campaign is more important than the player's vision of the campaign, fold up your GM screen, put your dice in the bag, yep. and like like go and start writing a book. Yep. Like I don't mean to be are. super harsh about that, but like, but like <laughs> okay. I I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna stand on my soapbox for that one, right? Like yep. like your vision for the campaign never trumps the players. Um, like the what you know the players wishes desires and things like that hopefully if you're doing it well it is a collaborative thing right like my early pitch to you guys for a game you're on board with therefore my vision and your vision we're all in alignment but if you know but if i like suddenly change the game and i'm like this is how the game is going to be and you're like but i'm not having fun to be like too bad. I understand you made a water wizard, but we're now in desert world and the campaign's going to play on desert world until the end. Right. Like just go, go, like go, let them, let them find, let those people find another GM. Like that's all I'm saying. Like let them find another GM that cares for them. Like that's it. (laughs) Anyway. Oh no, that, that, that is, that is very important. Yeah. Uh, Send just added an addendum. Um, To be fair, she said, the uh, there was a person that joined the game late and took her niche in G- it's a D and D game, and they were better at everything than she was, and that's a whole nother problem. Jumping in, that, and stealing someone else's niche, that that's that's rude. <laughs> niche, niche niche protection, niche encroach encroachment, yeah. um, niche definition. Like we did a while ago, we did a show on that. I'm not sure how old it is. Um, it might be, I'll, I mean, I can check the archives. It might be time to do a, a redux on that one and come back and look at it. But absolutely yeah. like niche, niche yeah. invasion is um, a huge problem, especially if your game is firm on niches. Yep. It's actually worse if it's not firm on niches. Cause then you literally just made a character like the other character. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like of all the infinite choices you had, you went and made their character. Yeah. Um, but min maxed it to be better. Like dick move banner. Yeah. Like- <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Let's jump into part two of our discussion on when you don't like your character. So let's gather around the round table, around the round table, around, around the round square table. table. I, I wrote that gathering around the, the round, round table. table. I wrote What's that. The first you read question, it. Phil? That's my fault. <laughs> That's my fault on that one. Hey, I could have fixed it in editing, but I didn't. (laughs) Fair enough. Well, offsetting penalties. Uh, One 15-yarder and one five. So it'll clearly... (laughs) I will punch you. No, no. You're going to make Bob blow a gasket. Don't do that. (laughs) Question number one. (laughs) Question number one. In games you have played or games you have run... How do you deal with characters? Um, how do you deal when um, either you don't like your character or someone in the game, if you're running the game, doesn't like their character? Well, as a GM, uh, I'm going to just talk to them, see what we can do to adjust the character, uh, whether it's going to be reskinning abilities, reworking powers, advancement, some in-game change. Talk to the player, tell the other players about it, see what they come up with. Um, 
depending on your group, having somebody change their character can be problematic. Um, but oftentimes the whole party's in, in, in favor of it and coming up with ideas and, and thoughts and so on. Um, but immediately talk to the player like, okay, let's stop the game. Let's talk about this. Let's see what's going on. What are you not enjoying about your character? Um, and go from there um, and work on some way to either fix the problem or make a, make a big shift. Um, we had, real quick, we had a Star Wars game. One of the players was playing the medic kind of was having fun, but had a goal that they wanted to become a, a, a medic on a rebel ship and wasn't really enjoying their character. So we just had them join a ship and they came back and the rest of the players said, you know what we really need? We really need X. And the other player came in and built a character to fit that missing niche. And so they came back not only with a new character that they liked, but also came with a character that felt needed in the party. And all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, this is so cool. Now we can do this thing that we weren't able to do before. That's awesome. And, and it worked and that works better. And, um, you, you know, just do something, reskin it, something like that, work on it. Bob? There you go. It turns out uh, after looking at these again, mine is kind of almost the same thing as Phil's essentially. Uh, and it actually refers to the same player as Phil referenced earlier. So I'll just touch on it briefly that we, we had uh, a player that decided they did not like the, the can't the concept for their character in my 4e game. Um, and I said, well, what do you want to play? Like, oh, I kind of want to go in this direction. And I was like, you know, I can easily work that into the campaign, into the current story. And I basically took their character and I, and I, I did a deus ex machina on him. That one of the gods was like, you need to worship me now. Boom. <laughs> We're going to tweak you yep. up. And they came out of, of, a, of an encounter, a completely different, uh, same person, but a different class, essentially. Um, cool. Phil kind of did that I, for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I did it for the wrong reason. You did it for um, the other reason. <laughs> I did it for the wrong reason. I did it for uh, I did it because I was annoyed that you made a pa- I made, that you made a cleric that only worshipped good and didn't worship a god. And I needed <laughs> and I was and the rest of the campaign was like all about like evil gods and things like that. Yeah. And I needed a champion. So when you died, I was like the god. Um, it was Paylor, wasn't it? Heronius. Heronius, that's right. Heronius was like, look, I know that you're good, but I'm going to need you to be for me and I'll send you back. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was fine. I really, cause I mean, the campaign was all about Hextor. So I was like, yeah. I need a cleric of Heronius on this, like on this thing. But you're like, I'm a cleric of good. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> like <laughs> it's, there's working. a whole thing about that story too, that we can tell later in the after show or another time. Yeah. That, if you want to tag it for the amusing show, anecdote. But I think it's a perfectly fine, like that Deus, Deus Ex, again, that Deus Ex Machina thing is fine, especially if you're just like after a session or two, you're like, whatever. Yeah, he transformed. Like, it's you know, yeah. it's like lower decks when somebody comes back to life. Like, don't talk to him about it. Yeah. <laughs> Weird shit happens. Don't, don't ask Stacks about it. Um, so, yeah, mine, um, my tip is for this. Um, so what Jerry said is absolutely true. What Bob said is absolutely true. My my add on to this is, um, you know, my four session rule, right? Yep. Um, we've talked about it before, right? It's the it's it's in our social contract for all our games. Um, also, within that four session rule, if you got to change anything about your character during those first four sessions, do it. I don't really consider the campaign off and running and I don't really worry about continuity in those first four sessions. So if you're just like, this power doesn't work, this, this background thing doesn't like, I'm like, cool, just change it. And don't even wait. Don't even wait till the middle of the game. Just like do it while we're playing. 
Just be like, oh, you know, I'm changing this thing, Phil, really quickly. Whatever. That's cool. After the first four sessions, I'm a little tighter about it. But in those first four sessions, again, we play so many new games that we start playing. You don't know. Like, you don't know if you put enough points into pistol until you get into your first gunfight. And you're like, geez, I have no points in this in pistol. And you're like, I need to move some points around, Phil, to get like, you know, a six or seven in pistol. Cool. Do it. Whatever. It's fine. I'm really okay with it. And I don't mean that flippantly. I mean, like, I want you to have maximum fun. And I recognize if you haven't, if we haven't played this game before, which is 90% of the games we play, we've rarely replay games. Um, just go make those changes. Yep. It helps. It'll help you. And if you're happy with your character build, I'm going to be happier. Uh, I don't care if you put more points in the pistol. We'll just, you know, we'll have a cooler gunfights. If you win the next yep. couple gunfights, I'll make harder opposition, you know, in a future episode, whatever. Like yeah. we'll, we'll adapt. So, yeah, cool. That's, that, that's my answer. My answer is like, my answer again is during that, that test drive period, man, just do whatever, like change, change, whatever, change get your up. character tuned, get your character tuned up. So by session five, if we're still playing this game, let let like, let's get like, let's get into a story. Let's rock and roll. All right. What's the question two, Jerry? All right. As a player, what do you do when you realize that you don't like your character? Yeah. I uh, I don't recall ever having a character of my own have some huge issue where it's like, I really don't like this person. Um, and that could be faulty memory, but I really don't recall. I've had a whole bunch of different things where like, ah, I, I really should tweak this one little thing or this little thing over there. And every time especially running with Phil, like, hey, can I flick this thing over to this thing? Yeah, no problem. Big deal. No, no problem at all. So I've made tons of small changes, little corrections here and there, but I really don't recall ever having a, a I hate this character moment. Um, who knows? I think it's fair. Like maybe, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't take, you know, I wouldn't worry about it. Maybe, maybe you kind of liked all your characters. Yeah. I think I have too. I don't think I've, I don't ever recall making a character where I was like, I hate every aspect of this. Like, I hate this character. Um, I think more times than not, I dislike the game. Um, but, but if I do figure out that I don't like something in my character, um, I really, it, like, really what I try to do is really get to the bottom of it, right? I don't want to, um, it's okay to say to the GM, like, I'm not having fun with this character, but really the next step that the GM's going to ask is like, well, what can we do? So again, uh, you know, and I say this a lot for other problems, right? A little introspection goes a long way. Yeah. Um, sit, like, think for a second. Like, what is it you don't like about this character? First of all, do you not like the character? Do you not like the game? Those are two. One of those problems is solvable by making some changes to your character. The other one is not. Um, if the problem's mechanical, right? Then, like, what is it? Like, is it an overall problem? Like, ooh, I picked the wrong playbook, right? Like, this, yeah. like, I, this playbook sucks for me right? It could be a f- perfectly fine playbook for someone else. It might just suck for me. Or is it like, oh, I picked this move. This move's terrible. Um, again, changing a move is not a big deal. Changing a playbook might not be a big deal, depending on who you're talking about. And if it's story, I'm always just down for um, bringing it up to the GM and being like, I'm not, like, I'm not hot on where this story is going. You know, are we wrapping this part soon? Or, you know, can we talk about some changes? Um, you know, and I'll do that both meta and in game. Like I'll say it as a player to player or sometimes my character will just be like, this expedition is a terrible idea, right? It depends on where like it makes the most sense to address it. Um, I've done it both and I'm happily do it both. I'll, I'll say it in game or, you know, in meta. Yeah. 
How about you, Jer? Well, depends on the game and the GM. Uh, normally, I'll try to tell a GM that I'm struggling with, you know, what is it I don't like about this character? And see what we can come up with. Um, if that's not solving the problem, then I'll just kill the character off and start fresh. I have absolutely, if I'm not enjoying my character, I'll just bump them off. I have absolutely zero attachment to them at that point. If I dislike them that much, they're gone. And I'll start fresh and figure something else out. Um, and I've been in some campaigns where that's been a possibility. Um, and I've just been in campaigns where I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't think this character, I don't think that I can fix enough things with this character to make them enjoyable in this campaign. I mean, this is, this is akin to my thing. Like if you have to make a ton of house rules to make this game fun to play, perhaps you should be playing another game. If you have to make a ton of fixes to make this character fun to play in the game, you maybe just need to make another character. Yep, That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Uh, I've seen, um, I was in a campaign uh, about two years ago where I began to realize that, uh, that the character that, um, I was playing just wasn't enjoyable to play that I wasn't showing up to the campaign. Um, I wasn't walking away. I, I hadn't walked away from the campaign going, that was fun. I enjoyed interacting with the players, but not the, not necessarily the, the, the my character. And, um, luckily COVID showed up, so I didn't have to play that game anymore. Um, but, um, but yeah, I just, it, sometimes luckily, you just say, you know what? It's COVID it's, showed up. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, a bad sign. <laughs> that's a bad sign. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, and we've great. had some campaigns that have just collapsed before then. Um, but yeah, that, that's, but I first start off by saying, Hey GM, this is what I, you know, we haven't mm-hmm. done this or that, or the character was designed for this. And we don't seem to be encountering that. Um, or the character I designed, it, these abilities don't seem to really work very well for our character concept. What can we do differently? And sometimes I've had GMs say, Oh, well, yeah, just, you know, knock that off the list and replace it with that. And all of a sudden the, the problem's fixed. And, uh, or, you know, hey, we'll just change that that background or that plot line or something on that line and we move forward. Um, so and just keep going and find something else to work with. Um, I've been in that passive aggressive situation where I've been in situations where I was like, you know what? Apparently we can't find any clues at all in this in this encounter. And so, you know what? We'll just like start just going off at random directions. And um, at that point, I should be just turning to the GM and saying, Hey, we're not, I'm not having fun with this character. What's up. So I've learned to address that more and more and look at it. So um, I'm also playing a lot. What's weird is I'm playing a lot more now than I was like five years ago. And I'm not having that problem anywhere. I'm not having that problem in any of the games where I'm like, I don't like this character because I'm finding that I say, what can I do about this? And immediately we address it and move on. Yeah. Um, I I also think that as you get more experienced, um, as you get more experienced as a as a um, GM, or I'm sorry, as a player, um, you know what you like, right? Yeah. So I know how, like, I know when I'm looking at playbooks for a PBTA game, like, I know which playbook, like, I depending on the game, like, once I look at the playbook and the moves, I know which one's going to fit me the best. Like, I, I'm rarely at a le- like, I'm rarely like, oh, I don't know. Like, usually I can read through the play- like playbooks and be like, oh, I'm gravitating towards this one right here. Like, I feel like I'm feeling this one. Um, yep. Same thing, like with you know character classes and stuff like that. Like, I'm I'm 40 years into gaming now. Like, I know what I like. <laughs> like, it's it's almost always the same thing, and I'm actually okay with that. It's not as like it's not as hardcore as like I need to play a ninja in every game we play, but like I like smart fighter types. Um, so you know, I'll figure out which character class playbook, whatever combination is going to get me smart fighter type. I'll get there. I'll put a spin on it to make it like fit the game, but 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Seventy-five percent of the time, smart fighter type. That's what we're. That's what you're getting. Yep. yep. Which is fine. Yeah. That, that's part of the fun of it. Um, yep. I mean, I. Yeah. Go ahead. The point is, you're coming up with a character that you like from the beginning that you can work with. I mean, the more you know about what you like in role-playing games and what you want to get out of games, uh, the easier it will be for you to make characters that you are that you enjoy. Because you'll yep. kind of always know where to start. And then you're really into what you were saying before, Jerry. You're into the little tweaks, right? You're yep. into yep. the, I really like this concept. I really like this playbook. I just need to swap this move for this move. Yep. Yeah, that kind of thing. Exactly. And that, that's the important part is making those little tweaks and those little moves. So, all right. Perfect. All right, question three. Name a character that at some point you did not like and answer, were you able to fix them? So... I, I was thinking about this because I don't actually play enough to have like characters where I've had to go through anything dramatic like this. So I, I'm going to tell a story about um, our Iron Heroes game and um, one of our players in that game uh, and, and the issue they ran into and how we fixed it because it was pretty significant. Um, so Iron Heroes is a um, D20 game that is no <clears throat> magic martial abilities. Um, really cool. Really cool. One of my favorite, one of my favorite D20 implements ever um but over time the um designers and blame mike merles for this uh, broke down and they made like one wizard class right and i was like oh you suck like you did so good in the core book never putting in a wizard and then in one of the supplements they put in a wizard class and that opened the door for one of my players um i had a player who was playing he was playing an assassin um super cool character loved him gelled with the group really cool stuff um, but he loves playing wizards and like at some point when the option showed up to be like to play a wizard, he wanted to play it, but I didn't like that class. Right. I was like, that class is kind of junk. Um, and so he proposed a, um, he was like, I really want to play wizard and I would really like to play wizard using this book. And it was, um, I don't even remember the name of the book, but it was a magic book from green Ronin that was like a point build magic system where like you had a bunch of spell points and then you had spells and you like basically um calculated up effect how many dice damage what you know, like you could do all that stuff and it came out to a spell point total and then when you casted it like you know um it cost you that many points kind of thing um, and it was just in his wheelhouse it was the kind of shit that between games he could make up spells and like write down different combinations right so as much as I fought it and didn't want to put magic in the game, eventually like midway, midway in the campaign, it was like literally halfway through the campaign. I was like, cool. If you really want to change your character, it's fine. I'm not killing your other character. I'm sending him on a mission. And from time to time, I may ask you to reprise your character. Like I may ask you just to come back and play him where it fits in the story, but I'm fine. Just like moving him to the background and letting like you play this wizard character. And if the wizard character doesn't work, then we're getting rid of him. And we're bringing back your other character and the wizard character worked. Um, Mm -hmm. It totally worked. Um, And it came out great. And he had a much better time. He had like, as much as he loved his assassin, he loved playing that wizard. Um, It also worked with the rest of you guys, but I did have to make a big change. I had to pick up a GM PC because um, he was one of the more martial characters. And without him, um, you didn't really have a tank like character. So I actually played an NPC tank. Um, like that was just strictly shield and trident support kind of thing yep. for you guys. But overall it was really, um, again, it was about checking my expectations about the game 
about the idea of no magic and just like acknowledging like, look, he really just likes playing characters with magic. Why am I fighting him on this? Like, why not just let him like, why not let him play this? He'll be happier. And he was happier and everybody was happier. The game was cool. It came out fine. It didn't break anything in the end. Could have didn't. Um, so yeah, I was, I was super reticent to it. I didn't want to do it for a long time and finally gave into it. And then, um, and it worked. So I was pleased with it. Cool. Cool. Jerry, how about you? All right. Um, to be honest, most of the games I've played in the past rarely made it past four sessions. So for a long time, this was something I didn't have to worry about. You can bump with less of a desirable character when you know that it's going to be over with soon enough. Um, and with sort games, I'm just less invested. And so I could tell there were games I played that by session two, I'm like, this GM is going to stop running this campaign in two more sessions. And so a lot of times I was often, uh, I had a big game group in Syracuse. I had like 10 players. And every once in a while, some player would decide they wanted to be a GM, which was great. I always encouraged it, tried to play along. But there were times I could tell, like, I could already tell they're breaking at, at, at session one or two. We had some games that made one session. That was it. The GM was done, never ran again. Um, and uh, so that wasn't much of a problem. I, I, I didn't really encounter that very often um, because the games weren't lasting long enough to have that. Um, here, I've played some longer campaigns now. And um, probably the one that I struggled most with is my Savage Rippers character. Um, part of it was a big misconception on my part about the campaign and the setting. Um, I built a character based around what I thought the campaign was about. And it turned out that was not what the campaign was about. And I also thought the setting worked a certain way and it did not. And so, um, that was a problem because I designed a character a certain way. It just didn't fit in. The second was that it was a mechanical issue. Um, in that campaign, many of the foes you fight ignore non-magical damage but there's only certain character backgrounds that give you magic. So if you don't have that, you have to either rely on other player characters to boost you, or you simply aren't going to be able to do any damage to those, to those creatures. The problem was I was the frontline fighter of the party, which meant that lots of times the character that I designed to be a cool martial fighter turned out to be a big damage soaking character. And that was a problem. Um, we spoke with the GM, we came with a few fixes. Um, and I kind of accepted the fact that I was not going to be the damage dealer in the party anymore. I was going to be the person who just sucked up damage when the bad guy showed up because I could do that. Um, but it meant that I didn't really like the character much. They had a role in the game, and I enjoyed some of the other player characters. But I had a very good interpersonal relationship between my character and two others, so we were often goofing around in game. Um, but I, I didn't really have much stake in that character. I didn't like the organization we were working for. I didn't like the campaign. I wasn't invested in stopping the bad guy anymore. Um, and kind of came to the realization that like every, every time we went into combat, I'm like, if I die, I die. I would not spend bennies to soak damage. I, I would have a stack of bennies in front of my character. Wow. I was like, ah, you know, I, I would, I would either blow all my bennies before the game started. Um, or I would just sit down, let them stack up and use them for other stuff. That and is like, the passive aggressive thing, right? Like yeah, that's the, yep. Yep. Like I'm not soaking damage. Like you're what? I got better uses for these bennies. Uh, you know, uh, if he uh, dies, he since, dies. Well, well, we were playing in a store, and the store also, if you spent a certain amount of uh, dollars on um, product for that game, you got an extra store Benny that you could transfer from game to game. And so I had a stack of like 15 Bennies in front of me that were also like if I needed them Bennies. And I would, they would just stack up because I stopped using them. And uh, that, oh, that's savage, what I realized. Like, savage World Benny House Rules. Like somebody should start a Twitter thread of, oh. of, of House Rules for bennies like there's there are there there are two kinds of bennies one benny is the the one you got 
uh, if you spent money in the store that day, you got a Benny, an extra Benny, and that could be used as a general Benny. If you spent a certain amount of money and it was on product for that game, Savage World in this case, um, you got a golden Benny, and that was equal to the golden Bennies from like Deadlands. So you could either spend it to get your reroll or at a decent, you know, a bunch of different stuff. And I think at one time I had like 14 of those and I had like 20 of the other ones. And I just had a bag of bennies I would dump on the table at the beginning of each game. And I burned through a lot of them playing Deadlands because it was a great campaign. Um, the Ripper's campaign, I don't blame the GM for this very much. The Ripper's campaign is just a bad campaign. It's yeah. literally You've the talked plot about point. It before. Yeah. But anyway, um, what I decided was like, I'm just going to keep playing this character in their role because I enjoyed the interaction with the other. That's what I decided to focus on. But I was, if I die, I die, you know? Uh, the problem is if that character dies, I don't know what I would bring back. Right. I mean, that is the other part, right? Like, yeah. is it just your exit strategy? Like, oh, I'm dead. I guess, uh, you know what? It's all right. You guys play on without me. Like, uh, I'm going to, like, I'm going to go find another game. Like, see yeah. ya. That might be it. Uh, it just, it's, it is what it is. Is that, that sometimes those games are that way. Um, so that's how I look at it. And uh, that was passive aggressive. But at the same time, I was filling a role in the campaign. And I was sure. filling a role for the party. And the rest of the players were having fun. And I was having fun when I wasn't in, here we go again. I was having fun when I wasn't engaging the mechanics of the game <laughs> or the I mean, campaign. I was having fun when I was just screwing around with the other players. <laughs> yes. Well, it. that's the sign, right? Like yeah. you like, you liked being there for everyone else more than you like the game. That's a sign that probably this isn't the right game. Yeah. So, yeah. so Bob, yeah, so I uh, I honestly can't recall any particular instance. So it's uh, I don't it's, actually recall either. Like I was trying to like yeah. when I looked at your notes, I was like, I mean, you and I have like what we is it now? A shit ton of games Eight, together. <laughs> 20, 28 years of gaming? No, eighteen years of gaming together. Ninety four to ninety four to twenty twenty two. Uh, that's uh, twenty twenty eight years ish. Good God, Bob. 28 Man. years of long freaking time lots of characters yes. lots of char- lots of characters lots of campaigns i don't remember you i don't ever remember you struggling like with a character like like i hate this character tweaks absolutely yeah made many like tweaks plenty of tweaks yeah. but i don't remember you ever yeah. having to Some like individual fix games a, like, where it's like this game's just not cutting it yes, yes. plenty of those characters they usually do a yeah. good job of landing roughly where you want to be for a character. You usually have a good yeah. solid concept when you come in. So that's okay. I, do, I mean, so. tweaks are yeah. fine, right? Like, yeah, exactly. They must have All worked. Right. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. We, we did something right. Cause you know, I right. played a bunch there we of go. games and you know, I didn't have to switch anybody out. I mean, the, really the biggest change I ever had was that, that character uh, in your, in your D and D campaign, the, the Heronius character, which, yes, you know, I mean that, that Jack was Spencer, Jack Spencer, game. and Jackson Kane might have been the uh, a close. Well, second. you had to burn your. <laughs> yeah, you had to burn your. That, life. Was, that was like end game. That 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 campaign was almost over. That, yeah, that's true. It was pretty. It was yeah. pretty late in the campaign. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps that up. I like it. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's our look at what to do when you don't like your character. Yeah, we hope that should this situation come up for you at some point in your gaming career, we hope that some of our advice will help you to make the changes you need to make your make you enjoy your character more. Definitely. So we're going to check back in the chat room and then head over to the conversation corner. All right. Word. Yeah, so uh, uh, <laughs> Sen actually made a comment about uh, uh, 
the fact that you made that change to my character you in in game on the fly or like look Heronius tells you I need you to be on my team uh, if that was today you would have pushed me in character gen about that character being just a cleric of good you probably would have been like look <laughs> this thing is I, all about Hextor you might want to yeah, lean but- into Heronius you, you know the problem was it wasn't originally about Hextor, right? Like we had to, this was, so what we're talking about here is our first three third edition D and D campaign literally bought the player's handbook, made up characters. Um, so when we started, we just were doing like a bunch of Remember, wizards, put those like little mini adventures up on the web. Like we were doing a bunch of those. And then in one of them, we encountered like some bad guy of her, of, of Hextor. And this I was like, oh, I'm keeping yeah, I'm a... keeping this guy yeah. like <laughs> so the game was never always about the game was never always about Hextor. If it had been. Yeah, I think I would have just put that in as a session zero requirement. Like, hey, I need people that are like good, like lawful. I need people who are, you know, if you're playing a cleric, I need you aligned to a good God or whatever. I would think I would have absolutely done that if I had had any idea what I was doing. But we were just playing adventures. And I happened to stumble on that one, and we came up with a bad guy, and I was like, "Cool, I'm keeping this guy." Yeah, and then you guys built the base organically. Yeah, and then you died. Like that was yeah. the thing. I didn't change your character like out of the blue. You yeah. died inside a purple worm, saving your sister's character who had gotten eaten. Yeah. And I asked you, I was like, "Do you want to make another character?" And you were like, "No, I really like this character." And I was like, "Okay, we're bringing him back." with a cost yep and it was like a pretty much an it was like pretty much a take we're taking a break for a few seconds thing like to you know get snacks or something and i like hatched this idea that like cool i'm now i'm just gonna make you the adversary like the i will make you the um good cleric i need and then it was none of none of it was planned (laughs) yeah we collaboratively collaboratively sat down and came up with a prestige class called the sword of erroneous where yes. i like got all these we basically kind of modeled it as like a flip side of the of the fist of hextor prestige class exactly yes cool. exactly and, like uh, it, it, yeah, it was that was a lot of fun to play um and to yeah. round that out the reason why um it's it's one of those stories from from our past one of those rememberable stories not just because he changed my my character's uh, uh worship habits is my sister's character was the thief. She got swallowed by the purple worm during a fight. And it was one of those moments where she was not the greatest thief character. She did all the classic negative thief tropes, like stealing from her own party, stealing stuff and keeping the the fact that she stole something from somebody else from the party. So when people go like, hey, did your thief get involved? They're like, no, she didn't do it. She's on the up and up. She's, you know. And she she pissed us all off so many times, and I was like, she really did. "Crap!" But I'm like, "We really need the thief." <sighs> yes, I'm going in. <laughs> you did, and before, of course, bef- <laughs> before it became in vogue, you did the Drax. Yep, I jumped in <laughs> purposefully. I went right into that sucker's mouth and said, "Swallow me! I'm going to save the thief." And I was like, "You really want to do that?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> And he did. He had enough hit points to push her out the hole that he made, but died the next turn. Like, all he had to do was fall out of the body and he would have lived, but he died. And I was like, damn. (laughs) 
And then I just asked you, like, yeah. do you want to, like, do you still want to play this character? Because if you do, Hell like, yeah. we could totally come up with something, make this work. Yep. Cool. Of course, the other funny thing was that's not the character I really wanted to play. When we started to play third edition, I wanted to play a monk. And there was some kind of pushback, and I don't remember why, but everybody was like, there was a bunch of people that were disgruntled with my idea of playing a monk. And I'm like, fine, I'll play the fucking cleric. <laughs> I I think it was that we needed a cleric, right? Well, yeah. Like, that but... was the... We didn't need a monk. We needed a cleric. Nobody ever there. wanted to play the cleric. That's why I always Nobody played Nobody ever until, wants to play the cleric. Until it got to the point where I was like, fuck it, I'm not playing the cleric anymore. You guys are on your own. That's, that's right. That's you did eventually switch out to be a monk, didn't you? Somewhere along the line. That, yeah. that's, where I, that's where I think that Pathfinder did a good job with the witch. Because their witch character class could be all sorts of arcane. But one of the first like benefit things you get at level one was that you had this ability that you could uh, heal everybody once per day. You would just, for free, you could touch somebody and do cure light wounds on them. And it only worked once per day. And so you could build your super martial spellcasting character, but you still had the ability to to heal people and use healing scrolls and stuff like that later on when they came up. I mean, you could take other, like, feats and stuff that let you boost that up to to more abilities. But... I thought that was a really good way to handle the nobody wants to play the healer is, yep, you have one tiny ability that lets you heal everybody once per day. And I thought that was a good yeah. fix for that in a lot of games. I've thought about it for other games I've seen. So it's a good idea. Yeah, there's been a lot of interesting innovations in that area um, mm-hmm. since 3E came out. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was a load of fun. It was a hoot, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Um, Let's roll. That wraps it up with the uh, with the uh, chat room. So let's roll on in to the conversation corner. <laughs> All right. Uh, so today, uh, after I, I got done with work, um, I needed. I just kind of felt like I haven't done it in a while, and I recently bought a couple of smaller Lego sets. So I did a small Lego build today. I, I built the Mandalorian uh, Armorer's Forge set, which is under three hundred pieces. So it didn't take me very long at all, but it's a cute little set and it was fun to build. Um, and, and it's always interesting to see how they, they come up with ways to do certain things. Um, yeah. So there's, a, there's some interesting bits in this, uh, in this set. Plus, you know, there's a Mandalorian, two Mandalorians, as a matter of fact, because it's the Mandalorian. And then there was, uh, one of the, uh, one of the other ones, um, get the armor. And of course the armor, the armor, which the armor has yeah. got the awesome helmet, you know, with the, with the little horn bits on it and, very cool set, so I really enjoyed that. Um, we watched football this weekend, which was enjoyable and painful. Enough yes. said there. Uh, way too much No Man's Sky. I, I have many, many hours in No Man's Sky. I finally uh, sprung for a, a subscription to Peacock, uh, the Peacock uh, streaming service, so that I can continue watching Parks and Recreation beyond Season 2. Because they only give you Seasons 1 and 2 for free. You know, and then it's like, you know, ah, now you're addicted. You know, now you give us money. So I had to see my man about a fix. So it was like, ah, what's one more subscription for streaming service, right? Four only bucks a month, a right? If there, only if there was a service that I could pay one price to that would give me all the streaming services into one. You just reinvent fucking cable now. Damn it. Yeah. Oh, that's wacky. I don't know how we ended up there, but. It is what it is, I guess. Right. But you do what you got to do. That's what I'm saying. You know, 
And apparently season three is when Parks and Rec really gets good. So, I mean, that's there you have it. Ah, but uh, that's pretty much what I've been up to. Jerry, what's going on with you? All right. Well, my one thing, uh, after seeing a couple of things on it and having everybody recommend it to me, I sat down and watched Encanto last night. Um, and great googly moogly is that movie good. The story's <laughs> good. The characters are good. The animation is incredible. The costumes are fun. The songs are great. It's got a good message. And uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda knows how to make earworms. I've had like four different songs stuck in my brain pretty much all day today, and they're all good songs. Um, if you like the Disney musical so- movies, this is good. If you like the characters, or if you like colorful characters, um, it's kind of a superhero story in a really weird way. Um, and uh, it's just really well done. It's, it's a lot of fun. I can't recommend it enough for people. Um, it just made me feel good. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I teared up a little bit at the end. There's some very, there's, there's some uh, really good uh, 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 emotional scenes in the, in the, in the movie. Um, other than that, I finished watching the good place. I got to the end of uh, season four. Um, I played some no man's sky. I've got kind of a love hate relationship with it. Cause I'm not a fan of games that have a lot of puzzles in them. And I'm not a fan of, of games that have a really steep challenge curve. And I'm at the point now where, I sometimes get on and play for two hours and end up playing the game for five minutes because I've been spending the rest of the time hiding from storms and stuff. But once I get past that, I'm going to be back into like exploring and things like that again. Um, we had an amazing Knights Black Agents game. We are um, hunting vamp. We, we are Jason Bourning around trying to hunt vampires. And we got halfway through an op and things got really ugly. Uh, so, uh, and uh, let's see. Um, we had our sports ball. We watched a lot of football this weekend. It was a lot of fun. And uh, finished watching Dexter on um, Showtime. Uh, I liked this season, except for the end. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, and last two things. Uh, I started watching HBO's Peacemaker. That is a lot of fun. Um, not for kids. If you liked James Gunn's Suicide Squad, you'll probably like James Gunn's Peacemaker. It's, a, it's more of the same. Um, and lastly, if you've been following on Facebook, I put a ton of Lego stuff together. We can talk about that in the after show though, but, uh, yeah, so I'm feeling good and uh, like, but just Encanto has been like bopping around. Um, so Phil. Yeah. Um, for me, um, like the big thing that's been going on this week is I'm getting ready for our first, um, Cortex prime game. You know, the game we've been calling Ox. Mm -hmm. I know there were some questions about it in the Slack room. Um, but, um, it is, uh, like I'm, 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 doing a whole bunch of things all at once this week, like a little bit each day I'm finishing out reading the rules of which I'm glad I did because there's a couple, there's another set of rules and options that have to do with scenes, scene pacing. And we had already said we needed a clock mechanism. The game already has a clock mechanism. Like don't need to make one. There's already one in the, um, there's already one built in the game. So I was like, Oh, phew. Um, I am also putting together the first, um, the session one story, like what we're actually going to do. Um, and I'm also, and this um, goes back to a older uh, Gnome Stew article I wrote. I'm also starting to think about the mise en place of my um, GMing table for this game. Like, what do I need and what do I need to have near me in order to effectively GM this game, right? This game has um, many much dice of different shapes, different sizes. Um, it has, um, much like fate, it has, um, advantages that are kind of like aspects, quality, like things like that, that I need to be able to write down. So 
I need to start building a kit for this game. And I need to start thinking about um, these are all like the little things. And maybe this is an actual interesting topic. Maybe this is next week's topic. In fact, this is next week's topic, Bob, please. Um, how to set up your, how to set up your game. Um, so this is like, I, I won't go into it here cause I'll save it for next week, but it's all the little considerations of how are your notes going to look? How is your story going to be structured? How do you um, like, how do you arrange your GMing space, your gear, all of that stuff. Uh, anyway, I'm into all of that right now. I'm still reading the Cortex Prime book. I chef's kiss love this game. Um, I haven't felt this way about a generic system since I remember reading Fate. And I feel like this is my next generation Fate. Um, so that makes me very excited because I had a very good run with Fate. Um, and I feel like this game's got a, a couple things I like more. Um, in terms of like the mechanical decision things with the dice and stuff that seem like it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to mess around with. Other things I've been doing, I'm playing a bunch of No Man's Sky, not nearly as much as Bob, but I am playing. Um, and while I, um, while my planet, um, Gammaville is my nickname for it, is definitely actively trying to kill me. It is not trying to kill me as much as Jerry's planet is trying to kill him. Um, so That's not even my planet. That's just a planet that the story keeps sending me to. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm faring better. Like none of my planet, none of my planets in my solar system are good, but none of them are terrible. Um, ran NBA had a wickedly cool cliffhanger for NBA. Like it's, oh, yeah. um, I, I can't, I can't wait till we come back to it. It was really yeah. good. The bills game. Um, I'll say this, not the outcome I wanted, but I was pleasantly pleased to see a game with very few penalties and very few and like almost no stupid penalties. Like it was solid football. And I suspect that I, and I would like to be wrong about this, but I suspect that the Super Bowl won't be as well played as well matched as the, as the, as those two teams were like, it was, it was, it was great. I had a really good therapy session. Might talk about it in the after show. Uh, made some good food this weekend. Uh, did some good cooking. And uh, I'm now into season two of Travelers. Uh, having finished off season one, which was very interesting. Season two is turning out to be good as well. I, I did a little sneak peek into the um, episode list and see the word pandemic. So I'm like, well, thanks for the trigger warning. Not that they knew, but like, guess I'm gearing up for a flu-like pandemic or something that's going to show up in the show so oh goody anyway that's me all right well that brings us to the ending of the main portion of the show of the 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 show 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 um however you want to put that so let's jump into the patreon shout outs thank you so much to james aitken noah bond alice kira austin lemke Chris Mead, Craig Duffy, Dan Simons, David Walker, Drew Smith, secret weapon of the show, who we haven't really used as a secret weapon in a while, but hey, you never know. And Glenn Seiler, friend of ours at the table. Mm -hmm. And thanks to everyone for listening tonight. If you are free on Tuesday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. The Queen's time, you're welcome. Come join us live on Twitch, where you can chat with the other awesome listeners in the chat room for life and ask us the occasional question. Can't make the live show. Check out our podcast each week wherever you get your podcast. Take a listen to some of the other shows in the Star Trek Network, such as There Are Super Geek, Mastering Dungeons, Bonestone Obsidian, The FM Gamers, Pandas Talking Games, The Gnomecast, 
Zhang Hu Hustle, The Lounge, Bonus Experience, and amazing back episodes of She's a Super Geek. You can and should also check out our sibling podcasts, Tabletop Bellhop, The Knights of the Night, and the always amazing Gaming and BS. Before you kill off your character to make another one, leave us some feedback. You can reach us directly on the old-fashioned email, mmp at misdirectedmark.com. Hit us up on the Twitters, the show, the network, at misdirectedmark. He's Robert M. Everson. He's GM Gerrymander. I am DNA Phil. If you like what we do here and on the other shows in the Misdirected Mark Network, you can support our Patreon campaigns. MMP, Mastering Dungeons, and Pandas Talking Games are at patreon.com slash MMP. Zhangu Hustle is at patreon.com slash Zhangu Hustle. And Bonus Experience is at patreon.com slash bonus experience. Patrons of MMP, Mastering Dungeons, and Pandas Talking Games get access to the after show, pre-production show notes, musical parodies, the Bamboo Lounge, and other special releases. This has been a Misdirected Mark production, the media arm of Encoded Design. Mic drop. We out.